there, eh? You know, amen. You guys were made to make history for the kingdom of God. Now, I have a question. how many people remember that song or know that song from back in the day in the renewal time? History maker. Okay, good. We've got three people, so this is four, four people. Very relevant. I'm glad that I'm, I'm right on track, tracking with the Holy Spirit to move in a sort of a resonance there. But, um, you know, that song comes from a season that I'm finding eerily similar to what's happening now in the body of Christ. Uh, we used to have our church over at the Hilliard Middle School, and it was kind of funny because we were, I mean, as, as messed up as we might be right now, we had about, I don't know, 50 people in a 700-seat auditorium, and, you know, we would come, we had great worship, okay, the worship was awesome, and John's teaching were great, and we were hungry, but when we would come on Sunday, people would be, like, sit in, in, in all three sections, there'd be, like, two here, three here, and it was just very, very disjointed, but there was this hunger for God that was just so rooted in the fellowship, uh, and we would do all-night prayer uh, vigils, we would, um, uh, this is even a little before me, they, they would go to parks, and they would do food and music and ministry. And it was just this very kingdom-oriented, you know, church that everybody was hungry for God. So we're in this season right now where, um, I don't know, it was, we were hungry, but God wasn't moving with the power that we wanted. So there was this prayer and intercession and seeking God going on. And then all of a sudden, things broke out in 1994 with this thing called the Toronto Blessing. So I'm going to check how many people are familiar or were part of the Toronto blessing that was happening. Okay, good. We've got another four people. So I'm going to say that, that we've got kind of a critical mass here. That's good. But um, this was something that happened in 1994 where, you know, the church was reeling from some scandals and things. And God just poured out his spirit in this powerful way where people were being impacted with the love of God. They would just, I mean, we would come into meetings and we would just worship and worship and worship. And, you know, you, you would come in and you would almost like start tearing up because the presence of God, you know, was so thick. And our church, okay, and this is what's kind of interesting, is that our church was one of the first churches that when they moved from Toronto, they kind of moved here. And John, who knew a lot of pastors, John used to drive around 270 praying for all the other churches, you know, here in, in Columbus. And it was, you know, no surprise that when it was time for this move of God to be um, moved through Columbus, he chose this broken group of about 60, 70 people who liked to pray, who were hungry for God, who had a pastor who wanted to just give it away. And we started having meetings, and God showed up, and people got blown away. And then we invited Randy and all the Toronto people back again uh, a few months later, and we had these giant meetings. And it was like revival and renewal was on in, in, in Columbus. And the, one of the reasons I, I chose that song was that we're, I think we're in a season where God is starting to um, open up some of the things in our past, okay? And I'm going to just speak a word over the church here. Uh, when, when God does a work in a church for a particular... Um, ministry or a particular move of the Holy Spirit, the scriptures say that, that, that the callings and the gifts of God are without repentance. Okay? They don't change. They're there. So if you open up a well, it's your well. Okay? And what God is doing right now in this church is that he's reopening some wells that we, we had. There was, uh, in, in the book of Genesis, after Abraham died, Isaac 
okay, became sort of the leader of the clan. Well, the Philistines came in and they buried these wells. They threw rocks and all sorts of things, wells. And he was living over with the Philistines for a season. Now, in that time, the wells represented life because that's where you could water your sheep, cattle, and various things. So they didn't want, you know, the clan of Abraham rising up, up. So they filled those wells. Well, at a certain point, the Philistines turned on Isaac. But Isaac said, well, what do we have to do? We've got to dig those wells out, which is exactly what he did. It started digging these wells. And here at this church, I think we're in that season where God wants to dig out some of the old wells that we've had here at the church before. And one of them is this spirit of Holy Spirit revival. And, you know, I don't know, remember a few weeks ago, didn't we have a little, kind of a little taste, a little outpouring of the Holy Spirit? Was anybody here for that? Okay, good. There we got about 15 now. Critical mass is happening. I'm just feeling something happening here. So I think one of the things God's doing is that this, this, this sense of coming to church with this expectation that God is going to do something. It's like, I don't know what he's going to do, but he's going to do something. And we've been there before. We've been there when, when it's like, wow, we want to just worship for an hour and a half because we just want to be in the presence of God. Or, boy, there were like five healings, you know, down here. And when we would call for prayer in this season when the Holy Spirit was moving in power, it was like this. Okay, it would be like everybody standing up and everybody coming in here. And it was just this massive, like, prayer going on and God would be moving. And then Monday was always fun or even Sunday, you know, afterwards because you're like, okay, well, what did God do? Oh, yeah, uh, you know, so-and-so was dealing with depression and they were kind of on the floor and they just couldn't stop laughing. And I don't know, they've been, they've been doing a lot better. So... Toronto, it was interesting, the, the folks at Toronto uh, had did, did a survey um, of a thousand people that came there the first year of this movement. And there were literally hundreds of thousands, even over a million people that came to this <laughs> small church in Toronto. And they said that 88% of the people left just loving Jesus. And if I was going to characterize what happened or when the Holy Spirit's presence is that the Holy Spirit points to Jesus. You know, the Holy Spirit outwardly is the continuation of the ministry of Jesus, now that Jesus, you know, is, uh, you know, at the throne, the Holy Spirit is the continuation of his ministry. But the way that the Trinity works together, that the Holy Spirit is always pointing to Jesus. So when the Spirit's there in worship, the Spirit's there in ministry, the fruit for us, the first fruit, is this sense of just wow. God loves us so much. That's happening, folks. There's, this is starting to happen, okay? God is starting to move with a tangible presence of the Holy Spirit. Let me, you know, even as I'm speaking, you're going to feel just there's a presence of God there. He loves you. Now, my official talk okay, is on becoming a history maker, being on a mission. But part of that, part of that is that wells that, that we've dug through prayer and other things are going to start to get opened. You might not know this, but um, this was the church that really started ministering to men, okay, who are struggling with, you know, various, you know, sexual issues. And it's, it's more prevalent now. This was the pioneering church because we had people who just had a heart for that. They've been, they've been devastated by it. And out of that heart and the desire to see people be whole, we started, you know, sort of this, this group that actually eventually went over to Cooper Road and blossomed and was extremely powerful. Uh, and it's still you know, going on today. We, we were also the source for a lot of like wholeness and inner healing where people like Leanne Payne and Clay McLean and a lot of people just know how to, to, to minister to brokenness. I mean, this was like this fountain of life and insight and wisdom. And that's still going on today through Terry Wardle, through uh, Ann Halley, through, um, through other people. So there's this well of wholeness and healing that I think God is going to stir up. And he's going to call some of you, he's called some of you into that, okay, to be ministers. You know, you've suffered and you've struggled. 
but it's out of that pain. You know, we talk about calling, being a history, uh, you know, entering into, uh, you know, what God has for us. Well, listen, you can say, I want to be part of a prison ministry. I want to be part of wholeness ministry. But you will not have the juice, you will not have the passion, you will not have the stay with it that you need unless you've been in a place of pain. Because you see, passion, we interpret passion as ah, enthusiasm, which it is. But there's another side to that coin, passion, pain. And it's the pain that drives you. If you've been bullied, guess what? You, you have a compassion for other people that are bullied, don't you? If you've suffered through a divorce, okay, in your, in, when you were a child, you are extra on fire to keep that marriage together because you know the pain. And one of the prerequisites for us to be history makers, to go on a mission with God, is, is understanding that the very thing that the enemy has used against you to try to bring you down, cause depression, tell you that you're no good, that you're not going to make it, it's that very thing that is this fire in your belly that gives you the juice to do what you need to do to accomplish the mission that you have been put on this earth to accomplish. To be a history maker, history makers have pain and hurt, okay? And there's a lot of pain and there's a lot of hurt that's in this room right now. And sometimes we, we have this attitude, we have to do it. No. That's where we, we, we connect with God. We allow God to love us. We allow God to turn that very pain into healing. And from healing, we start giving it away. And the questions that you've asked when you were a child, why, why did this happen? Why did this happen? Why did this happen? All of a sudden, when you're encouraging somebody who's suffering from the same thing, you're no, Why? this happen because you multiply for unless a seed falls unto the ground and dies it does not bring forth fruit so that there is there is a death that happens and your pain is not your enemy your pain is your juice your pain is your fire your pain is the fuel in your gas tank to get you from where you are today and we live in a society with so many distractions that it's hard to enter into a passion and a focused mission life it just is it's a lot easier if you're on a mission trip here, so many distractions. But I'm, I'm going to tell you, this is just a key. Do with it what you will. The key you doing and accomplishing your purpose, okay, has something to do with pain. Amen? So the, the official lesson, you know, today is how do we become that history maker, that kingdom, you know, uh, person, the person who's going with the Holy Spirit on mission. And uh, <laughs> there's really, there's, there's three steps. And just in case I wander off, I'll tell you what they are. It just starts with, you've got to get it from God. So often, you know, we as leaders, here's our scripture, you know, and, and John, we were praying this actually this morning. You're praying this, you don't even know this, but uh, it says, how many of you heard this one? Uh, where it says, um, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Therefore, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send workers into his field. So here we are, okay, as leaders, strategists for the kingdom of God. We must send workers here and workers there and workers there. Okay, but get this. I'm going to go to my notes. Before Jesus said that, listen to what he, listen to what he said. This is a scripture right before Jesus shares that. He says this, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep out a shepherd. So often we want to get out there. Ah, let's go. But you know what? Unless you felt that compassion, seeing these sheep without a shepherd, they're bad shape. You gotta have the heart because the heart is the juice. Sending people out without the heart can get some things done. I mean, <laughs> don't get me wrong, it really can. But when you send people out 
and they're feeling the love of God for them. The, the, just the love of Christ compels them to go. But at the same time, the compassion of Christ, seeing the sheep without a shepherd, I've got to go. These people are hurting. And, you know, you just, you know, you, whatever barriers you have, you forget about them and you run. You run into the fire. You run into the pain. You run into the things because you felt that. You've been there before. And you, you become kingdom ministry because you're being fueled by love. And that's the first step in this game is receiving love, okay, connecting and, and, and feeling what God feels, loving what he loves, and hating the fact that he hates kids getting abused. He hates kids feeling lonely. He hates depression. He doesn't hate people. He hates those things. But he's raised up the answer, raised up the answer, and the answer is in here. The yes in your spirit, in the pain that you've suffered, and your willingness to open this up and say, God, heal me, love me, let me heal who you say I am. When you get that, you're ready. You're ready to go. You know, it's funny. And John, you remember this. When renewal was happening back in the day, um, what was going on was people were just coming and worshiping and being with God and just loving it. And it's like, what's God going to do next? And there was this expectation. And it was kind of almost like a romance. It was this, like, oh. But, you know, as responsible leaders, okay, what was the, what was the word? Well, I don't know, you know, this must lead to harvest. This must lead to fruit. Where's the fruit here, okay? Because we want to get people out in the field. Go, get some people saved. Go, start a ministry. That's just this natural thing because we have this uh, do, do, do rather than B, 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 C. So what was kind of going on in some respects was there's this romance taking place. Imagine, you know, you're going on dates. You've got, you got that person that, that you love. At least at one time you maybe loved them, okay? joking but imagine that that time of romance though when you're there but imagine somebody saying okay you guys have you've been on a couple of dates okay things are getting along let's get this thing going let's get married let's have kids let's get out there well what would happen well we (laughs) we were in the romance we were we were bonding we were getting close you know we were coming together and that marriage isn't going to last unless you have that time to just romance together so In this three-step process that I am sharing with you today, that is step one, just receiving. Here's step two, and this is kind of some good news. You get it, and it's like, okay, God loves me. I'm feeling what he feels. Well, now what? Now what do I do? There's some things you don't know. There's some things that you don't know. That God has predestined for good works. That he has a plan for your life. That that what you can accomplish is something I can't accomplish, that other people can't. Um, He sang a song uh, earlier today. It's kind of interesting that uh, you are my song. There's a lot of other songs that we sing. You're my song. What does that mean? Well, there's a scripture that says we are God's handicraft created for him. The word handicraft, okay, is the word poema, where we get, where do we get? Yes. Yes, Greg, we get poem from, from, from poema. So we're God's poem. We're, we put poem to music. We're God's song. So here on earth, when the wind of God starts to blow through us, there's this unique song that blows through us. We, we are his song. He is our song because that's his song blowing through because he created us to do certain things, to be certain ways. And so often, you know, we try to be like this or be like Mike, be like whoever. No, you are a unique creation that God wants to flow through, okay, and create a unique song. You know, C.S. Lewis said that, that we are all this, we're like an instrument. We're like God's instrument. And when the wind of God blows through us, there's a unique sound that only you, of all the 7.5 billion people that are on this earth, only you can make. It's pleasing. It's so pleasing because it's your sound. And he created you. And he loves you. And he wants to hear your song, your sound. Lord, you're my song. No, you're my song. 
no, Lord, you're my song. No, you're my song. And there's this like, whoa. And you will never be more at peace or more at joy when you know that your papa in heaven is playing your song and you're playing his song and you guys are in agreement and you are accepted and that you are loved and that you have a destiny here on this earth. You have a destiny in eternity and that's what he wants you know, he wants for you. So there's this process. This second process is, is just realizing that, that you've, you've got a mission, you've got a song to sing. I remember when we were doing our um, uh, ministry down at the shelters and everything, and I mean, it was, it was a little bit rough from time to time. There were seasons, and as Bob and Sherry, you, you were there when we would maybe complain about things that were going on and whatnot. You guys were awesome friends for us during this season, but it's like, oh, but there was a song that that the Lord, you know, would always keep bringing back to me. And it's like, let my life be like a love song. Let my life be like a love song. My life be like a love song to your heart. When I would sing that or hum it or just whatever, all of a sudden things would be washed away because I know that regardless of the things that were being maybe uh, hard or trials or I can't make it, I can't pay bills, whatever was going on, it's like, hey, this is unto you, God. You know, my life is a love song. You know, sometimes what you won't do for others, when you're serving the poor, sometimes you're like, oh, I got to go down the hood. You know, you're tired. But you won't do for somebody. Guess what? Guess who you'll do it for? You'll do it for the lover of your soul. You'll do it for the person that you're in love with, that loves you, that hears you, that you can say anything to. That's... That is, that is the game, is just having this relationship with Jesus, love relationship there for you, that you can speak to him, he's going to hear you, and even in <laughs> rough times, he's going to remind you that we're his song. You know? Hey, you know, maybe you don't get down there. Maybe you don't do it, but it don't change how I feel about you. You know, I love you. And that's a good thing. Hallelujah. Woo. You know, it's, it's funny. This is one of those um, messages I was telling Mag. I've never been less prepared for a message today, okay, than I can even remember. Um, but at the same time, I'm really um, anticipatory that, that God's going to do some things. He's going to do some unusual things. So um, I'm leaving a lot of time, which is great, for some ministry. Because, hey, did you, you know what today is in the, the, the biblical calendar? It is the day what? Pentecost. Okay. The, the, yeah, good. Thank you. I'm going to read to you. I mean, I would be remiss not to let you know what happened on Pentecost. Get this. So been roughly 40 days, or perhaps even exactly 40 days, okay, since Jesus, well, I got a correction, 50 days is technical, you know, so used to 40 days, John, thank you, I, you know, you're better than Google, so, and they were waiting, <laughs> the, the disciples were waiting in the upper room, they, they knew Jesus was going to be uh, uh, doing some things, because the Lord said, wait there, and things will happen, so here it is, um, so when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place, suddenly, say suddenly, <laughs> Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came and rested on each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues. Now, there were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment. Say bewilderment. I just want to start using that word. Because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these are, are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, uh, Phygia, Phamligia, <laughs> Egypt, and parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans. 
and Arabs were hearing and declaring the wonders of God in their own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, they have had too much wine. Then Peter stood up with the 11 and he raised his voice and he addressed the crowd. I'm going to pause here. You know, one of the spiritual gifts is the prophetic, okay? It's prophesying, speaking under the unction of God, encouraging others. One of the big things about the prophetic is seeing what God's doing. You know, Jesus' watchword for ministry is, I just do what I see the Father doing. So here's, here's Peter. This wild thing is going on. People think people are drunk. They've never seen anything like it. He's never, he has no place to put it. But this, he is filled with the Spirit. And this is, this is what Peter said. He's, this is what God's doing. He said, um, fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No. This is what is spoken in the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heaven and signs on the earth below. So, what, Peter, what, what Peter's doing, and this is something you can do when people don't know, well, what's going on? Part of your prophetic gifting, part of being filled with the Holy Spirit, part of being a follower of Jesus, okay, is saying, this is that. What you're seeing is this, and it's that. It's not sometimes mystical. It's just you've seen it before. You've seen the way God moves. You're a friend of God. You're, um, <laughs> you're a lover of God. So you know these things by the Spirit. So you can tell people with wisdom and with authority, this is what God's doing. Okay, that's part of, part of your gifting. And we're going to release some, some prophetic gifts here in a little bit. In fact, I probably should have warned you, uh, you know, coming in, that today is going to be kind of like a big home group meeting because we're going to do some activations. I mean, let's face it. I mean, it's Pentecost, right? Holy Spirit fell. Some of you might want to get filled with the Spirit. Some of you might want to speak in tongues. Some of you might want to have the gift of prop- prophecy activated. Or you've seen people getting prayed for the sick, and you're like, Man, I would love to have the gift of healing. This is your day, okay? It really is. We're going to do some things that, quite honestly, I don't know what's going to happen. But, but that's kind of cool. You know, Steve, I've got a video um, from a fella by the name of Todd White that I'd like to show you. Because sometimes, you know, I can tell you about things. One question well, I hang on, stop. Is like okay, there we go. <laughs> anyway, um, Sometimes it's easier to see things being done, you know, you, having it modeled before you than actually, okay, I've been prayed for to prophesy, I've been prayed for to heal, but how do you do it? There's just a lot of questions. So today, that's what we're going to do. We're going to just, um, we're going to see a little bit of the modeling here, talk about it. We're going to invite some of you up who want to receive some things, and then we're going we're gonna to do some modeling. It's kind of like those of you in college have ever been to a laboratory class. Welcome to my lab. All right, with that, Steve, let's, uh, let's hear Todd Wade. I like this guy because he just, he loves people. He's filled with the love for One of the questions he that I hear asked a lot is, like, how do you know who to pray for? I mean, you're in a mall or you're in this place or you're in that place, and how do you know who to pray for? The easiest thing to do is to get up in the morning every day and say, Lord God, I don't want to see people through my eyes. I want to see them through your eyes. I want to see people through the heart of heaven. We're in New York City, the city that never sleeps. And we're down here filming in Times Square. It's such a fast life. People need the love of God. So I'm just so thankful that we're here. There's me. No, this is the... Yeah, 
ankle? Yeah. In your foot? Yeah, in the foot. And we saw a kid with, with crutches and actually prayed for his ankle. Where's your pain at? Point to where it is. Right here? Father, I thank you in Jesus' name. Ankle, we command you be healed in Jesus' name right now. Move it. Stand on it, man. Stand on it. Come on, man. Give me your crutches. I ain't going to steal them. Jump. Come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, people started coming up, coming up, coming up, coming up. We had so many encounters. Okay, let me see your feet. That's like two inches. That's way short. In Jesus' name, left leg, I command you grow right now. Jesus' name. Yeah. Did you feel? Yeah. It's good? Yeah. Yeah, come on. Jesus is amazing. He loves you so much. <laughs> Father, I thank you that you love Bridget so much, God, that you would make her wrist completely whole right now. Every ligament, every tendon, every cartilage, I command you be made whole in Jesus' name. Let me see it again. Yeah, it'll be gone. Come on, this is real. Father, I thank you in Jesus' name that you love her so much, God. Check it again. Should be done. Come on. That's the gospel. Look, I'm addicted to coke. Okay. I lost my wife, my three kids, and I want God to help me to get back with my family. Come on, man. You put your hand on his shoulder. Addiction, I curse you and command you. Let him go. Say, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. I give you everything. I give you everything. I want my family back. I want my family back. But I need you most. But I need you most. And I invite you. And I invite you. Right now. Right now. To come in. To come in. And dominate my heart. And dominate my heart. And transform my life. And transform my life. I submit. I submit. And give up. And give up. Right now. Right now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Wash me. Wash me. And wipe me clean. Wipe me clean. Father, I thank you in Jesus' name, God. You heard his heart. Addiction, I curse you and command you get out. Get out. You're a violation of everything good. I command you, let him go. In Jesus' name. God, I thank you for favor. Jesus' name. Thank you, Papa. Thank you so much. How far are we away from Times Square? Oh, way far away from Times Square. And the kid goes, hey, can, hey, can you hear my shoulder? My arm hurts. And so we're like, let's get him. I don't even know what was going on. I'm like, man, God, did you just send him? Were you in the Times Square? Is that where you were? Did you see him freak out, man? Here he came up and had a problem with his shoulder. He broke his collarbone. Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus, God. In Jesus' name, that right now his shoulder would be completely healed, that his collarbone would be healed. What are you feeling there? Is it loosening? Yeah. <laughs> it's good. Raise it up, man. What's up, man? What's up? Bring it around, man. Do everything you couldn't do. I guarantee it's done. And then God gave me a word of knowledge about the other kid that was with him about migraines. I cancel you and command you let him go in Jesus' name. You feel that? Yeah. Is that funky? Is it tingly in your head? Yeah. Come on, God, more. In Jesus' name, more. Man. So I've prayed from the beginning, God, give me your heart, give me your eyes. I want to see people through their creative value, who you created them to be. Because they might not know it yet. So God, I'm asking you for your heart so I, can, so I can just approach them with your heart. So you can just approach somebody with love. And it's just as important 
If you tell somebody that God loves them and they're amazing, as it is, if you pray for them, they get out of a wheelchair. Both are equally important in heaven. So I don't always know like who to approach. I just go through my day and I touch as many as I can in the time that I have. Shondi, wow. Hey, Todd White is one powerful individual. He's got great hair too, by the way. I must say that. But, you know, think about this. He's a guy who knows pain, but, you know, he knows the love of God. He knows God loves him. Man, does he know God loves others. So, see, he's ready. He's ready for that, the third step because he's got the, the two. He knows. I, I've been put here to love others. I've been put here to go on mission. So the third step in, in you guys being history makers and kingdom warriors and on mission with the Holy Spirit is just what, what you just saw, Todd. It's just going out. Now, you know, we don't have to go out into malls because everybody's got a different metron of influence. You know, you start with your families, okay? You know, praying for your families, loving your families. Then you got your work colleagues who you're spending maybe 40, 50 hours a week. Then you got your friends. You got just where you happen to be. You know, that's, that's the game. But think about this. Here's this guy, okay? He loves God. He, know God. he knows God loves others. And he knows the gifts of the Spirit. I mean, think about that. He operated in what? Healing. He operated in a word of knowledge, okay? He operated in, in deliverance, the casting out of, uh, uh, you know, of uh, demonic afflictions, okay? Uh, he operated in dis- discernment in terms of who he was going to go, um, you know, to pray for. This is just an idea. But what if we had, what do we have, 80? What if we had 80 people in this room, okay, that were just permeated, okay, with the love of God, that just, they knew how much God loved them, that when they would think about the Lord or have time, they would just start crying the tender tears that happen when you're in God's presence. And that they would have a sense of, of wow, the people at my work, I'm seeing them differently because God loves me, I'm loving them. And then, if that isn't enough, they knew how to pray for the sick and heal, prophesy, speak an encouraging word, okay? Uh, have a, a sense of discernment, be able to hear from God, okay, and get a word of knowledge or something. Imagine that. And I think that that's, that's where we're going, okay? I mean, that's where this train here at Vineyard Station, okay, is, is going to go, is we want to equip you, we want to arm you, we want to fill you with a sense of God's love and his presence, and then just say, go, and come back here on Sundays, and we'll worship and dance and do some fun things, fill you back up, and you go back out again. That's kind of a nice scenario for church, isn't it? Can I get an amen out there? Can I get a little louder amen? All right, we're, we're winding down. Okay, so enough talk, Okay. Let's, let's demonstrate some things, because I think um, what, what the Lord wants to do here today is a few things. Um, we're going to activate some, some spiritual giftings. Um, first, the first one that we're going to do, and it's just because I was praying last night, uh, <laughs> I asked the Lord an interesting question. I said, okay, I haven't fasted or whatever or done anything. I mean, am I um, being presumptuous that you're going to show up or whatever, you know, without you know, all kinds of intense fasting, and the Lord just kind of rebuked. Like, so wait a minute, what you're saying is that if you fast, if you pray hard, if you pray for days, then all of a sudden I'm going to love the people who are going to come at church, and because you did that, okay, I will show up with power, okay, as opposed to, it doesn't matter, I love them more than anything you can do. It's all about, you know, freely receiving and freely giving. And the Lord just sort of said, no, I show up because I want to show up because I love people. The presence of God is here, and we're going to do some ministry and watch what God wants to do amongst us. So get your participation hats on. And I've got, I've got a few words here. Um, the first one, uh, Steve, why don't you come up? And if there's some other folks who are somewhat prophetic, uh, why don't you come up too? John, if you have uh, anything to add on. 
we're going to demonstrate. This is how the, the prophetic gifts work and how um, things happen. And it starts, it starts up by, by kind of seeing this is what God's doing in somebody's life. Or you get a scripture or you get a word for somebody. You start and you begin to speak it out in faith. And then from there, God sometimes will move into flow and you get some really unusual revelations. So here we are. Um, let's see. Anna, why don't you stand up if you're okay? Because I think I got a word for you. That's it. And, and the gift of prophecy is the gift of encouragement, okay? It's all about edifying, building you up, and the Lord saying, hey, this is what I see. This is what, what's going on. Be encouraged by this. So when I was praying, this is what I got. Anna, the Lord has been grounding you and anchoring you in your faith. You are standing on a firm foundation. You are moving into a season of boldness and decisiveness in spiritual, personal, and business matters, where in, the, where in the past seasons you have sometimes vacillated back and forth, uh, on, right now the Lord is taking you into a season of simplicity and clarity, not confusion. Your yes is yes and your no is no, and you are, you are at peace with that. In fact, you're already there. So this is an invitation to enter into an, a season of increase in all areas of your life. And the fruit of this season is going to be peace, clarity, and boldness, and, um, you know, going into the future. And the scripture, I said, Lord, well, what about a scripture for, for, for Anna? And this is the scripture I got, and it's something I think you've been walking in and uh, um, sort of embracing over the, the past few years. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make straight your path. And that's something that you've been in, so just be encouraged there. And guys, do you have anything for, for Anna? Okay. Microphone. So, um, the Holy Spirit's echo. I think what I sometimes you've thought it was like a lot of things um, that's together, but together feel a lot of dry and green. But I see like a rest of okay. Anna, is there anything ring true there? A couple things. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. And you know, and when you receive a word, when when people pray for you, this is this is what's cool. Both when you're over here prophesying, and then when you're um, receiving a word, is if you don't agree with something. I, I had somebody give a word to me once that I was going to be stabbed in the hood. Uh, you know, uh, when I was doing the ministry, I just like, you know, whatever. So it had, it, the, the spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus's goodness, you know, in your life, and it, you just receive that encouragement. It's to strengthen and to build you up and to give you a little signpost along the way that you're tracking right. So um, there, that was one. Another one, since I'm over here in this area, Marilyn King, I got a word for you. Okay, are you willing to? <laughs> okay, and here's the word. Okay, the word, the word was wealth. Wealth. Okay, wait a minute, though. Your wealth will be in the realm of influence. The Lord is giving you a promotion in your ability to influence with more effectiveness. You are already seeing things differently, sharper, and more clear in this season right now. His wisdom and insight is with you, and I believe that there's an encouragement from the Lord to step out with greater boldness. Uh, things you may not have tried or uh, went for in the past doors are and will be opening that he's prepared you to walk through. Uh, you're in a different place. You know it. So don't be afraid to step out in faith into some new areas. And, and the scripture that I got for you, Marilyn, was um, uh, 2 Chronicles 111. And this was uh, um, <laughs> Solomon's request from the Lord. Give me now wisdom and knowledge that I may go out and come before uh, the people um, for, who, for who can rule this great people. So I think the Lord wants to just confirm that he's releasing wisdom and tools and insight and discernment to manage and to go into places that maybe in past years you were uncomfortable with. Don, Don Dye. Okay. I, I would just want to add a, 
to that, that there's something on you about gold, that your, your gold, um, that God uses you in places that he not use other people, and there's something really special about you, sort of like a, a card, maybe in a card game where you would win. God uses you in places that use other people. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. I've got one more, and then, then what we're going to do, I'm going to prepare you for this, okay, because there's some people here who, would it be kind of cool to get a word from the Lord? Wouldn't that be kind of cool? Well, if you want a word, I'm going to invite you up now. Here's something a little deeper. Hey, how would you like to give a word, okay? We're going to do a little exercise here in a second to allow you to experiment and step out into a safe place of operating in the prophetic. I mean, there's a safe place of doing it on the way. Okay, and I've got one more word, and see John Barry. John Barry, stand up here. Okay, this is, uh, the Lord has seen your faithfulness and the earnest desire of your heart to honor the Lord, honor your commitments, your service, and the intentions of your heart have been a gift to God. The Lord is releasing you into a new level of favor over your life. I believe that he says to you, ask and it shall be given. Ask and the answer will be yes and amen. The long season of attack and weariness is over. You're in a place of favor with both God but also with man. New opportunities are and will be presenting themselves to you. It will seem unusual because you have been breathing in such toxic air in your work environment, but the Lord is saying, be alert and be ready for promotion and new opportunities. And the scripture that I got was in Matthew, and it's the scripture that says, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. Hallelujah. Sorry about that. <laughs> Hallelujah. Anybody? Um, and, and the thing that I have to go with that is I saw, like, you being held, like, in a, a, or like a cage, and there was, like, a cobra there, and it just is, like, you know, hissing at you and have held you back, and yet then I saw it, things turned, and, like, you came out, and this uh, sort of, like, you almost had the stripes of the cobra on you, sort of, like, the pain that's that's held you back has now made you strong and that you will be able to come against the enemy in, in a way that other people can. She saw the stripes. Oh, did you hear that? going to be a cobra. Yeah. John, that you have a true servant's heart, and sometimes there's no recognition with that, but he recognized. Right. Hallelujah. That's a word. You leave that maybe. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's good. Okay, so now it's game time, folks. Okay? This is this is cool. Who, who wants a prophetic word? Who wants to get a word here from our panel? Okay, Steph, come on up. Allison, come up. <laughs> our panel, I know. <laughs> uh, and then, I don't know, is, it, it, who wants to prophesy? And it could be some of the same people. We can, you know, we can flip the script here. Okay? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, this is, this is how you start. You're like, well, how do you guys get these words? How does this happen? Well, I'm going to give you some insight into some spiritual technology here, um, is that you start with what you know. If you want to prophesy, if you want to prophesy, okay, have the Word of God in you, okay? I heard somebody, I was at the prophetic conference recently with Maggie, and somebody says, you want a word from the Lord? Read your Bible. Come on. Sometimes, if you don't know what God's doing in somebody's life, whatever scripture's right there, just share that scripture. You know, God loves you with an everlasting love. You know, the Lord is faithful even when you're not faithful. And what happens is, okay, Anna, you gave a word. You gave a word a couple weeks ago, which was pretty wild because you don't normally get up and give words. But that out of your innermost being will flow rivers of living water. The characteristic of Holy Spirit's operation is a flow. You enter into flow. And you start out with what you see and what you know. And then you go into kind of what he gives you. Like the, the lady's got some pictures and some impressions and things like that. So... Um, looks like we have people who are going to give words. 
Oh, Steve, go. Um, yeah, if you've got a couple, couple people in here that you're seeing, go. Yeah, I have a word, this lady. Is it okay to give you a word? I feel like I got a, an impression for you of, of this cup of hot water and then a tea bag had been put into it, and that the tea bag was wisdom. He had, he had steeped wisdom through your, through your life and through the hot water that you had went through. Now other people could sip that, and that it wasn't just nourishing, but hold something warm in your hands. It has this, there's this really comfort. So the Lord has given you a special gift of wisdom, but it's a wisdom that carries comfort and warmth. I want you to know he's so pleased. Um, I was... No, it's just a simple little addition, but there's actually also going to be unusual. One thing that people around you are going to say, there's a sense about it. Other ways, so if they approach you or see you as wise and startled, smell the relief. And, and one more thing, and the scripture that goes with that is that we are to God uh, the aroma of Christ among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. So the aroma of Jesus is going to manifest through your wisdom and through you sharing insights even from your pain and from things that have gone in your life, that, that it is a sweet fragrance unto the Lord, but it's also an incense that you're going to be scattering about where you go. So you just receive that and be that. Amen? Hallelujah. Okay. Shandai. Okay, here's what we're going to do because we're, we're, we're running uh, maybe a hair short on time. Um, I want to let the panel just go. Uh, we've got, Stephanie, why don't you get over there with... Who does? Oh, you got a word. Go. Yeah, someone here has a, on the right side, I was getting the shooting pain down my neck, which I don't have. So if you've got that, you might want to come up and get prayer. Yeah. Okay, that's Maggie. Well, this is good. So here's what we're going to do. Okay, this is how we're going to do this. Uh, we're going to manage the three-ring circus. Um, I want to activate. We saw Todd White doing some healing, and I know there's some folks here that want to operate in the gift of healing. We're going to do an activation and some healing over on this far well, actually, going to be over on this side, okay? So in just a minute, we're going to do that. But why don't you guys, um, Stephanie, line up over here so that the, the panel can see. Why don't you guys look over here and see who the God wants to minister to, and you guys can start this, okay? Or I'll start it. Okay, yeah, see, I'm putting them, I'm, I'm putting them on, you know, hallelujah. I, didn't understand. I know, I'm trying to be confusing, okay, and allow you guys to discern through the confusion. No. What we're going to do is we're going to speak a prophetic word over these folks, and I was going to let you guys actually take it over, and we're going to do two things at once at a certain point, but I want you guys to do something right now why don't you, so you can see the we gang here, the and then just demonstrate how right now you have no idea who, whatever, these folks are looking for something from God, and you start out with who you think God has their hand on right now, and this will be on the microphone right now, the first couple. So go ahead. So you're going to watch this in action, unrehearsed. Go. Can I speak a word over you? Okay. Um, feel like the Lord says that, uh, that, that you are a missionary of the heart. In other words, it, it's one thing to go into a situation and, and to feed and to help, but that, that you have this, he says, I've given you this ability, I've touched your heart, and I've given you the ability to touch his hearts. And there's, there's no evangelism like the evangelism heart that comes that comes. Up. And he also says to you, there's this, there's this scene where Mary goes to the tomb after Jesus had died, and she's looking. She actually sees him but doesn't know it's him till he says, till he says your name. He has spoken your name to you, and then you get to speak that. So we just we just declare over you are a missionary of the heart. So the Lord wants you to know as you do that, he is so pleased. We're going to take care of that a little bit, but I uh, just see you're a conduit. Here's what, guys, if you need to prophesy over this crew right here, and if you want a prophetic word right now, just head over to this side of the area. You know, the scriptures say this. It says, eagerly desire, eagerly pursue, go after with passion the spiritual gifts. 
but especially to prophesy because this is the most valuable thing that you can provide to somebody because it's, it's practical. When you're at work, you see somebody going through a divorce, you see somebody going through whatever issue, if you can come with an encouraging word and it'll start out in the flesh, something you see, but God will do something in the spirit and it breaks down the hearts of men and women and it's the most powerful gift you can have. And in my heart for everybody here is that, that we would all prophesy, as Moses said. You remember that story with Moses where <laughs> uh, three people are prophesying and they said, Moses, three people are prophesying. He says, I wish that everyone should prophesy. And that's, that's the desire here. So um, the last thing we're going to do, and as we're doing this, I'm, I'm going to release you right after the first thing, but we want to, uh, gifts of healing, okay? And I don't know if there's, um, how I want to do this, but if you want to pray for the sick, okay, and see people get healed, okay, I want you to get up and I want you to come down here and we're going to pray an empowerment prayer for healing over your hands and over uh, just having confidence and faith that when you lay hands on the sick, they're going to be healed. Hallelujah. Hi. You're sick. Uh, I think there's somebody here. You have a pain like right below your belt line. You've been having it. Spasm of pain. Right below your belt line. You want prayer for anything? Come on up. Two things. Editorial. Editorial comment here. First Thessalonians 5, it says, Don't put out the Spirit's fire. Don't despise prophecy. Examine everything carefully and hold on to what's good. So what that says is our lean is supposed to be, we lean towards the Spirit being able to move among God's people, and we want to examine everything and, and hold on to what we think is valuable and helpful for us. But you can put a fire out before the fire can do any good. And it's something that has to happen in your heart that either you believe God's really real and he can speak to people, however imperfectly he speaks through us, or you live in a real sterile kind of a world. And we just feel like if people are going to grow, people have to be able to fail. And we want to create an atmosphere that's safe, but, you know, for people to experience ministry, but it's also safe for the people uh, who are having words given to them. So like Jay said, please feel free to just hear what people are sharing with anybody that's here or you. And it's not the Bible. No one's saying this is straight from heaven. Every single syllable and word is divinely inspired. It's we know in part, we prophesy in part. But be open to God speaking to you and working. Our, our, our church has been here for 38 years. We planted it back in the early 1980s. And we've seen thousands of people's lives impacted over the years just because we tried to stay open to God. And it's never been perfect. And it'll never be perfect because none of us are perfect. But I just encourage you, like Jay said, the Spirit of God is trying to do something in our hearts, and, and we need to be open to whatever you might want to do. So uh, if we want to release you to just feel free to be dismissed, or you can hang around. We're going to pray for a while up here, but uh, otherwise, we'll see you next week.